Are you ready to learn from the best? Then you've come to the right place. Join me while I have conversations with the people that inspire us most. We are going to talk about how they have created these lives, how they are doing so much good in the world, and how they are defining life on their terms. We're going to talk to the greats. We're going to talk to people you've never heard of, but that are doing amazing things in the world, in the lives of other people. I cannot wait for you to tune in for these amazing conversations with the people that are inspiring us the most. I'm your host, Kristen Fitch. Join me each week as I share a conversation that I've had with someone that has inspired me. On today's episode, I can't wait to talk to my friend Rebecca about picking up a paintbrush for the first time and then her stepping through all the stages to become a creative entrepreneur and running her business as a professional artist. It is such an inspiring and great story, and she shares so many great life lessons with us. So let's dig in. Hi, today on the show, I want to welcome Rebecca Flott. She's a creative entrepreneur, an artist, and author of Own Your Brush. Rebecca has also taught classes with Amazon for their Handmade at Amazon series. Welcome, Rebecca. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kristen. I'm so happy to be with you guys. Absolutely. And Rebecca and I met a handful of years ago, actually, at a creative and a writing conference. So we loved getting to meet each other, and we're so excited to connect again today. So Rebecca, can you share with the listeners first a little bit about your journey and your backstory? Because it's super inspiring, and I just love everything that you are working on these days. So uh, my journey as a creative entrepreneur and artist and a podcaster it's just a starting with just desire to share. I have this tremendous desire to share what I have learned, the stories that are that have been inspired me. So for everything that I do, from the book, from the podcast, and everything that I do, it is comes from the place where I wanted to share with everyone the different that made it in my life, what art did it in my life. I have found through art and writing and telling stories a place of belonging. You know, I feel like we feel connected. We feel like, okay, we belong together. And that has definitely inspired me to do more and more and be more creative and share more. So I think that's it. Yeah, I love that. Can we dig in a little bit to, I know when you first started painting, Uh, you know, it was something that you didn't have experience with. I don't think growing up, right, you painted and things. It wasn't until you were a teen or into your 20s. So can you just tell us about that journey from, you know, it being a new area, a new industry for you, a new desire, interest, and then stepping into it where it's your full-time profession. It's your (laughs) full-time career. I know. It's interesting to think about it. I was not a good artist. If you can look at, at the most formal way of seeing it. I always like creative things. I always, even in the school, I still remember my art teacher saying, you're really good. But I ne- I was never exposed to a lot of art. And I think that's what comes to something that you're passionate about is that you have to be exposed to, here's an opportunity for you to do. And I think it was my early things that I was exposing to painting and I love it and that's when I found like, okay, I want to do this more. And I was, because I was so bad at it, I, I was really, really, it, it, the paintings were ugly. 
I wanted to practice because I wanted to be good. Again, I wasn't at that time, I wasn't even thinking about business or selling anything. I just saw the reaction of people getting my paintings. I saw what made it them. I saw people crying. I saw people doing their little, oh my gosh, you made this. You know, that was like, really? If this really matters? I don't know. It matters if I make you something. Mm-hmm. So I have found purpose in making things. And I, and I realized, okay, if I make things at some point, it's going to cause the mission of touching somebody's life and why. So it's like, it's like you're flying in the air and you don't know where you're going to land it. You don't know if it's going to be a flower or if you're going to be in a dry land, but you are enjoying the journey of flying. And that's the journey as an artist. It's like, hey, I love doing this, but if I can land it in a flower and really make somebody else's life better because of what I did, then that makes completely, that really changes everything. So for me, that made a huge impact to be able to make things that people liked it. Yeah. Two things you brought up, I want to just point out. The first is, I think it's important for people to get this. You don't have to be someone that started a hobby or some a passion of yours when you were little. We don't have to be great at it just because the first time you pick up a paintbrush or a pencil or a you know computer to write, you're good at it. It takes work and practice and honing a craft. But if you have this, you know, little voice inside of you that says, "Hey, this seems like something I'd like to explore, something I'd like to try." do it, you know, put the work in because to your point, all of us wouldn't have great, whatever it is, writing or art or baked goods from day one. I mean, at least not normally, unless we practice the craft, unless we get better and we put the time in. And so I think that's important for people to understand that just because today you don't think, oh, this looks like some amazing thing. It's because you haven't put any time into it yet. So if you have that little voice that says, hey, I'm going to try this, I I would encourage you, and from what Rebecca just said, in, try it. Keep working at it if it's something that interests you. Yeah, and, and I, I, I yeah. This, the the keeping working aspect. It's not like picking up when you get the time to do it. Hmm. The keeping working aspect is, I am desire. I really want to learn this, so I am going to get up early and going to bed late because I want to learn it. So it takes an extra <laughs> extra driving force for you to say, I'm going to try so much until yeah. I, I kind of like it, you yeah. know, and try again and go back again and try again, you know? Right. Yeah, it's commitment. It's having a passion enough that you say, I'm going to make a commitment to showing up every day, whether it's for 15 minutes or two hours, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a good point. And then the, you also brought up, and I loved this, that making something with your hands, right? Or your mind, if you're a writer or author or something else, it has great impact in the world, you know? And I think there's obviously been a big movement in the last 10 plus years of people making things with their their hands. I mean, the crafting industry and everything, the art industry has exploded, right? Because people are realizing that we, many people have lost touch with using their hands to make something that they can be proud of and that they were creative with. So I love one that you have a bit a full-time business or full-time income business 
around art and creativity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that to your point, you could see that your purpose is that you're bringing joy and happiness and this experience to people through the thing you make that they buy from you. Right. And then the the funny way is that I used to just sell art when I go to markets. And this year I saw something, uh, an attribute. I was in an attribute and I saw people making candles and I was like, Oh my gosh, you're making candles in the market. And I was like, that was, I didn't even think about it. I was like, if they're making candles, they can make paintings. So I'm going to just going to put some tables here and we're going to paint. And I, I said, what else is there for me to offer and serve people? And um, and I realized more and more that sitting in there and painting with people, you hear so many stories. And I do love stories. So it has Every time there's an opportunity that comes, you know, something, a creative opportunity, I never overthink or think too much about it. I just try and see, let's see what happened. Let's see what how people respond. Let's see if it's going to work out or not. And sometimes there is like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to do this again. You know, and there's those breakthroughs that says, oh, this was better than what I thought. And I think that's how we navigate to building and making things saying, I can believe this. I can believe that this has connected with people in that level. Or I I did not know about this. I have learned these things. And I think that there's such a key to not do it alone too. Because I think we we start like, oh, I figured it out a few things. Oh, wow. So you never share with anybody the journey or the struggles. And that's what I have learned too is to, if I feel very, very stuck, I always reach out for help. And I say, I, I wrote that in the book. I said, that's one of the things you've got to reach out for help. And you say, I don't know how to do this. I'm tired of this. How do I make a product that is made with hands and sell online? How can I make enough products for a market? How do I earn enough money to pay my bills and pay for a helper? Like you started to learn those things. And one of the things is life is is being giving me opportunities to meet people that helped me along the way. So not even one second at a time, everything happens because I'm just lucky or, you know, it just, she's so lucky. Not, it's not quite like that. It is because of the people that I have surround myself that has cheering up for me and trying to lift lift me up because they see me working. You know, there's a quote that says, let opportunity find you working. And uh, I wanted the opportunities to find me working. So I was always working. And then from working, you find uh, ways to do more things and to do new things. And then that's how you started navigating and figuring out like, how do I navigate this business? How can I share my story of why I made this? Why do I, how do I share my story? Why sunflowers touch me? You know, and I don't do art for everybody. And I don't do everything. You're not going to see me painting a lot of the things, but you will see me painting what I want to say and why, you know, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I learned how to be comfortable with that. And I learned like, okay, I might not be for everybody, but I will find my people. 
and my people are going to find me. Yeah. Well, to your point, actually, we can't, we're never going to be able to serve everyone. And if we try to, most people, it won't, we won't resonate with them. Right. So to your point, we have to be true to ourselves and true to what lights us up. And we have to be true to what's on our heart, right. To say, mm-hmm. or to share about our story or what we're going to paint or do and put out into the world. So I think that's mm-hmm. super important. And like you said, we do have to surround ourselves with people that are stepping into the world and sharing their story and doing things. And then we do have to ask for help or ask for how do I do this? And I think what you said about being open to trying things and learning, because if we keep, like you said, one, we have to show up and do the work, right? We have to work hard when we're working. It doesn't mean every minute we should work, but when we're working, we have to keep showing up and be consistent. Right. And then I think we have to like you said, we have to be open to trying things, even if it's uncomfortable, because if we're open to it, like you said, we'll meet new people, we'll have new connections, we'll meet a new client or a new customer. But unless we try it and we experiment, we might miss the next great thing that's supposed to, we're supposed to step into. So I think that's yeah. fantastic. That's yeah. Funny. So one thing I want to ask you is I know that last year in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of so many businesses and things kind of like that had to halt, you had a really great opportunity come about multiple times during the year with Amazon. Can you share a little bit about a, about that experience with us and how it was to teach classes with Amazon and their handmade by Amazon uh, series? Oh my goodness, I'll say this. It was the pandemic. I was for two weeks. I froze. I said, what are we going to do? I froze. I had like this fear, like what are we going to do? You know? And, uh, and I received an email from the director of marketing there. She said, Hey, we want to do a, we want to do this program. And we wanted to see if you wanted to participate and be a feature maker and teach us classes and we'll send you the equipment it's gonna be so much fun and I was like I I I always say yes I was like yeah absolutely I don't know how to do this but yes <laughs> so they they send me they said hey but we want you to create a product they said we want you to create can you create a product and we created a like a paint kit you know and I, I said Sure, I can create. Absolutely, I can create. <laughs> and they're like, you have three days to tell to tell us what what are we doing. And so I started creating. I created some artwork for specific exclusivity handmade Amazon. Sent it to them, and and um, and I'm telling you, I don't know what happened that March. It's almost like they they turn on the light. I started getting orders even before the feature. I got so much order. I literally I said I sent an email to them. I said I don't know what you did, but I am crying because that changed my life. It just gave me hope in a time that we were so feeling hopeless. Yeah, you know, it doesn't mean that we were hopeless, but we were feeling hopeless. Right, and. Uh, and we started selling so much orders. That was the time that we we're like, okay, we're selling from Amazon. We can live anywhere. That was the time that we we're like, why are we here? Let's move to the sunshine and things like that. We start questioning every area about our lives at that time. So we work on the road. We start shipping all the paintings. And I, I remember 
getting into the equipment. I, they sent all the equipment, the videos and everything. And I remember, you know, being in a vacation home that I turned into make it look like a studio. And just, I remember like just the feeling like of being around, like you're going to be with this designer. You're going to meet this amazing person. This other entrepreneur, like, and they're giving kind of like the qualifications of the people. And I was like, but they chose me. Oh my gosh. You know? And then at the end, I remember starting to dance. It's like, we're, we're working with the cameras. There was so much things happen. And I started dancing, like, just to help with the level of stress, you know, yeah. that you were like, oh. So I started dancing. And I remember the cameraman saying, you're the most genuine, fun person yeah. we had here for the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, because what? Because I decided to just be Rebecca, you know? Yeah. And they laugh about my answers. You know, my answers were funny for them. And uh, so after that opportunity of meeting uh, those amazing, I established relationship with, with other makers. We became friends. And and then they contacted me again for a private event. And I had to teach another class. So it's like it was from one class to another class. And, I, and now I'm like, I know exactly how to create content for Amazon. I was like, I know exactly what they want from me. They yep. want me, Rebecca, as a teacher. You know, they they want a Rebecca. They want people to know our stories. Why do you do this? So we, um, I, I was able to to teach a night class for them for a private event. They called the Influencers Night, and I had no idea who was there. And I'm like, all right, guys, you're doing a great job. Let's just do this. And at the end of the night, I remember like thinking like, I always feel super humble because I'm like, thank you so much for, for letting me do what I love. Is I was like, I can't believe you're giving me this chance in the presence of all these incredible people, which yeah. for me, which for me, uh, doing that, that with them, it's like, we are all people. You know, being uh, having 500 million followers on Instagram and having three followers on Instagram, we all have the same craving for connections, okay. craving for a good job of your teacher that says, you did a great job. Yeah. You know, we all craving the same thing. And and I think that's, um, that's what connects us as humans. And I feel very connected in that way. And I'm super grateful. That opportunity really, really um, changed everything for us at the year 2020. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And like you said, I love your perspective on it, which is, you know, one, you're right. Things, people, connections, opportunities do give us more hope. And they let us see that there's even bigger and better things that are waiting for us if we're willing to sort of even step into it scary or even when you didn't know I don't really know what I'm doing for them, you know, for this new thing, but I'm going to just, I'm going to do it kind of unsure and nervous because I know that I'll learn. And I know that I can ask the questions if I'm not certain and get the answers from them. Yeah. And I, you have to go through, that's right. You have to go through the not so perfect class. Cause I only had one camera. So I put the canvas here and I was like, all right, this is an unpainting. So I put the canvas like this and I was like, I'll teach you how to paint right here. Right. And and then my next event, I'm like, all right, everybody, I have two cameras, one in my head and one, you know, so right. I was able to 
how the experiences is everything. It tells yeah. you where not to go and where to go. And That's I right. think that what helps my um my ability to do, I'm not gonna say a better job, but my ability to be able to feel more secure. Yeah, yeah. So cool still though. That's awesome. I'm so glad you got that opportunity because you are just the loveliest and sweetest and great teacher. So that's fantastic. Sweet. So let me ask you though, in in your book, Own the Brush, you have so many great uh, examples and sort of your story, but then you also share lots of tidbit tidbits that people can really apply to their lives. And so I want to talk about that for a minute. I think one, we've sort of touched on this, but you have a chapter called House of Fear. And I want to talk about how do we walk through being afraid of trying something to the place of possibilities. So do you have any thoughts on that? It's so funny because I remember when I thought about that chapter, every chapter was like a revelation for me. And I remember like, I do not want to live in the house of, I remember thinking that I do not want to live in the house of fear. <laughs> I want to open the doors and say, okay, I, this is not my place. I want to get out of this house. And I want to go to the houses of possibilities because if I can think that what things can be possible, it would be better for my heart than to think about the things that I'm afraid of. Right. You know, so when I say house, the reason why I wanted to say house is because house is where we dwell, is where we rest, is where we cry. The place where we cry is the place where we can sleep. And I want to just say, don't dwell in that house. Don't stay in that place of fear. Find a home that you see possibilities everywhere. You know, when you speak to entrepreneurs that they are successful, they see opportunities everywhere. They're like, oh my gosh, I can make money like this. I can make money like that. They see so many opportunities. But when you when you stay in a house of fear, that becomes like a torment because it's like, it squish your heart, squish your heart to the point that when you get up, you feel like, I don't know what to do. Cause I'm just so lost, yeah. you know? And I feel like when I wanted to say that message in that book was for creative entrepreneurs to say, don't dwell there, just to move out, just to right. say, I'm getting out of here. This is not a good place for my heart. This is not a good place for my mind. Yep. Yeah. I think it's actually, I think that's a great visual. I can just envision this little building and I'm in it. And if you imagine all the words of worry and fear kind of filling it up, to me, I think that kind of sounds horrifying compared to normally we just think about, oh, I have some worry in my mind. So I love thinking about that visual of that small little room or building I'm in. And then thinking about what would it look like if I started removing those fears and those worries out of that space? Like you said, clear the clutter of all that stuff so that I could start filling the room with all the dreams and hopes and goals and vision I could have for my life, you know, and replacing it with that. So I love that visual. I think that's really great. Oh, thank you. So let me ask you, I think a lot of people struggle with two things. One is they think something has to be perfect before they put it out into the world or before they try something. So I want to talk about how do we, how do we try things messy or imperfectly? That's the first thing. And then the second thing is a lot of people I find as we move into adulthood, we struggle with thinking that we can't be creative and we don't use our imaginations. We've sort of pushed those things down and we don't We've forgotten how to use them, right? To benefit mm-hmm. ourselves and our businesses. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking 
how, what do you have any recommendation recommendations for how do we step into being imperfect when we try something new and being messy? And then how do we increase creativity and in, in using our imagination? All right. So about being uh, perfect, about being perfect, it's unreachable guys, because there is always going to be something that you don't think is perfect enough, right? And I'll say this, it's better done. Kathy Heller talks a lot about that. Mm-hmm. It's better done than perfect. And I'll say, I have learned that throughout the years, it's better to have something done than perfect. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't want it to be just like, oh, just do last minute and do a bad job. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But what I'm saying is you're going to have to, at some point, to let it go to every detail. If you look at the life of others, I had never seen somebody that has a Netflix show that always had that production behind them from the very first time. So you look at the producers, You they have a first movie that was not so great, a second movie that was great, and then they get to greatness. So everyone has a process to get better. And if you don't start messing and do, you will never get to that place of greatness and better because at some point you're going to have to start because only through the making and the process of releasing it that you're going to find out and say, this is how I do great, right? So that will be the part of the, how to dwell with the fear Uh, and the fear now, the the perfectionist, like, I got to be perfect. I got to be perfect. And the second thing that you had to mention, what was it? The second thing that you said? How do people use more creativity and their imagination in their lives? Because I think okay. if you're not a creative entrepreneur, you're not in a creative business line right. or you're not an artist. Right. A lot of us have kind of squelched those pieces right. of ourselves. Well, Maya Angelo has a beautiful quote that she says, creativity more that you use, more that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll say, that's it. More that you use, more that you're going to have. You have to use it. You start making one thing. From this one thing, you create more and more. And you're going to see there's stirring up more creativity, more things for you to do. You have to also place yourself in locations and things that will bring creativity to you. So whatever you find that inspires you to creativity, for me, I love um, hearing stories because it inspires me creativity. So I, I ask questions. I want to hear it because it does inspire me. For me, I love sitting in nature and observing the nature because it's inspiring me in my creativity. For me, uh, I will literally intentionally schedule to go to places that usually people will not fully go, like a sunflower field or you know, checking out some beautiful nature things just to be able to allow myself to get inspired, to get out of this screen walls life that that everybody's saying that you must have, you know, and then to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just do me. I'm, I'm going to find the things that I love. I'm going to pursue them and I'm going to hear what they have to say. And sometimes nature speaks without words. Sometimes there will not be what word and you will hear what nature is teaching you. So, yeah, I, I'm the same. I have to get out of nature, you know, mostly every day. And 
I feel called to take little adventures and go to new places. And for me, those things fill me up. And like you said, they inspire me and they get me excited. And I feel more recharged when I do those things. And I, you know, I tell people that all the time, you've got to make time for things that you're interested in, in your, you're passionate about and the things that you love your spouse or your best friend might not love them, but find someone else that will go and, you know, go on the little day trip with you or go to the sunflower field. Mm -hmm. Because I think we, we undervalue the things that really interest us and that we feel moved by aren't minor. They're actually major things in our life that if we gave it more time and more space, we'd be shocked at the changes we'd have happen. I think that's so good. You know? So what about this? When children are little, every one of them, right, in preschool mm-hmm. and kindergarten say, if, if you ask them, right, they've done the studies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how many of you are an artist? Everyone raises their hands. Yes. But as we get older, especially kids that are in traditional public school or school mm-hmm. setting, my kids have been in, as they get older, each year, less and less kids raise their hand because they've now, just from society, culturally, right. from the classroom, they somehow have heard the message, whether it's there or not, they've heard the message like, oh, well, I'm not creative or I didn't get rewarded or I didn't get accolades for my creative side. I got accolades for getting the memorizing the math problems. But I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm not an artist and I'm not creative. Do you have any thoughts on how people try to reconnect with their artistic side or just thoughts on that in general? Because I think everyone was born creative. It's so funny. There's a quote that says, I think it's uh, Pablo Picasso, that he says, every child is an artist. The problem is to remain an artist as we grow older. Okay. You know, so you are right about that. The kids do say, I am an artist. I always ask when I go to shows, like, how long do you have been an artist? They says, five years. And they're five, you know, they're yeah. like five years out of being an <laughs> I artist. I love it. Right. You know, and I love that. And how can we remain believe that we can be artists and can create? How can we and I think it all comes into beliefs and comparison. And I had I was in a boat with a, one of my friends. I was in a trip with one of my friends. She said she said, you know, Rebecca, comparison steals your joy. Right. If you look at how straight of a line that that, that girl can make. And you're not quite that well, that good. That's going to steal your joy. And I'll say in art is the same way. I don't say I'm the greatest artist. I don't see that. But I I just do my my thing and I like it. You know, and and this is what I feel like when you compare to others, it steals that like, oh, my gosh, I'm not that. So then you say, you know what? I am not that. I'm not that. But if you just understand that what you have is yours, right. it's not to be stolen by others. It's not to be envied by others. It's just yours. So you release it. You know, right. if I can just tell everybody like, hey, if I can just say one word to make your heart feel good as an artist, release it. Let it go. Put it out there. Don't overthink don't think too much. Don't say, oh, it's not quite perfect. You know, I see a lot of people, they create something and then they already start saying ahead of time, I said, I'm so sorry. It's not perfect. They started like that. And yeah. you know what? You don't have to apologize for that. 
you did it. You know, you did it. And I think that the comparison steals the joy of creating in that way. But I think as a kid, everything is just beautiful because you did. And you're not looking what your friend is doing. When your friend does something great, you say, awesome. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. And I think that's, well, first of all, by the way, I can't draw a straight line or put a stamp on straight. So just to be honest there. But that doesn't mean that I don't think I'm creative, right? I'm very creative, but it doesn't mean I make the same type of creations as the next person. Right. And that's okay. And I don't, I just know I wasn't meant to do the straightest line. I'm meant to do that, something else. Right. And we but, all need each other in our medias. We need yeah. it. That's right. But the other thing, what, what you're talking about is it absolutely comparison steals our joy. And what I think people forget is that whatever we're doing that's creative or artistic, it's about an, being an experimental process, right? So even if it becomes your professional, your career, your industry, it still has to, we have to step into it with, you know, how are we going to serve people like any industry? You know, how am I going to bring joy to them? But it's, and what do they want if you're going to sell something? But the third yeah. thing is, is it has, it has to be a practice of experimentation because yeah. even if you hone it in and you always do, like landscapes and not yours, but just other people, that's okay. But I would hope you're always trying to push yourself and try. And like you said, if we think of it as a practice in experimenting, right, it doesn't ever have to be perfect because we're always working towards trying something else. Right. For somebody that's considering stepping into something new, I know one thing we have to have is we have to have perseverance and we have to have, you know, we talked, we were talking about this at the very beginning, you know, we have to have a passion but do you have any advice or encouragement for people, you know, about we, we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait till we're in a new season. We don't have to wait until our kids are older or, you know, we may have a full-time job, but any thoughts there for people like, why should they step into something now and stop saying, oh, now's the not, not the right time. I feel like now's always the right time to try something new or add something. I think, well, I think that making decisions early in life changes everything because it gives you time ahead <laughs> you know so your young self let's say this if you want to start something your young self 10 years from now is going to say honey thank you because we needed that time to build it up and learn you you gotta have a little bit of vision to even 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 if you felt okay even if you did not do that great and you did not sold okay your younger self is going to look back and say, I have learned. Now I know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. I have learned. I have learned and I have learned. And I want to do it this way again. So I think that as fast as you can start, it's as, as more high of success you can have because you will know what to do, when to do and how to do. Because experience is going to help you navigate those things. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And then another thing that I noticed from people is we don't acknowledge the things that we personally maybe are drawn to. I think we, we, we don't give them enough credit because for instance, I'm super into Christian encouragement books and different things like that. I mean, of course I love photography and things like that. But I, you know, so I do take the time to go take photographs of places I haven't been because I love doing it. But I also know, 
wait, not everybody likes taking photographs of places. Not everyone likes Christian encouragement books. Hmm. Those are signals, Kristen, for things that you should be spending time on, whether they become my professional thing mm-hmm. or whether they're just parts of who I am because they make me more fulfilled and more joyful. But do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I think a lot of people sort of push those things to the side because we're busy with, you know, maybe raising families or yeah. maybe we're still in a full-time career. And I think that if, if you, people probably already heard that, but I'm just going to repeat what I have heard before is there's things that Kristen is going to tell us that only you can tell us. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear it from anybody else. I don't care if they're, uh, you know, New York bestseller authors. I want to hear from you because I connect with you. So there is stories, there is life that you lead that you can't, you can buy that in the other books because that's not their stories. So I'll say, I'll say this, if it's Christian encouragement, I need that, you know, but I don't want to just sound the same. I, I wanted something that you have to give us. And the gift that is inside of you was never supposed to be just for you. You know, the gift that is inside of you giving by God is, is supposed to share. Like, that's why we call gift. Because you're giving away. You're sharing it with other people that need it. And I think that's that's really what it's about. It's about at the end of the, the end of your life, you look around and you say, how much did I share? What did I just kept for me and my family? My family knew exactly how great that was, but I shared. You know, and sometimes you will never hear the stories of the people that have received from you who will not know, but that's okay because your legacy, your work is to just share. And and what's going to happen with what you created and why, that belongs to God. That belongs to, to he, you know, to the future. And you just have to navigate life of the future with fear, without a fear, without fear of the future. You have to laugh. You have, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I think that's, I think that's what I have to say about that. And I say, you, Kristen, you beautiful blue shirts that I love you, beautiful <laughs> you. And I think that everything that you have to share, we're ready for it. We've been waiting for it. And uh, we want to hear it. Amen. Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. So, oh, what a great conversation we've been having today. Can you tell us how can people reach out and connect with you online and find out about all your good, you know, your paintings and your experiences and your book and everything? You can connect with me and my website is Rebecca Flood Arts. I'm also on Instagram, Rebecca Flood Arts. And Facebook, um, I'm pretty much out there. And watch out. I have a page on my in my website that says where I'm going next. I'm a lot at, at the south now, at this, like, you know, the south of the country. But um, just connect with me. Send me a message. I'd love to hear if you are creating something. Send me a picture. Sometimes we need a cheerleader. We need somebody to say, this is great. And I would love to see what is amazing things that you're creating, amazing things you're writing. If you don't have a circle of cheerleaders, I would love to be that cheerleader for you. 
Oh, I love it. And I agree with you. We can all use more cheerleaders and people encouraging us and, and, you know, keep us going. So thank you for that. Thank you for being an amazing cheerleader and voice in the world and just such a positive force. Uh, So thanks for being with us today. I appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting with you many more times this year. Yes. And I love it. I'm so glad we connected so much when I went to when we were in Tennessee, we connected, we had fun. And I was like, I want to see her again. And I'm so glad that you're stepping into your calling. You're building a life that you love. You're sharing what you have the best for others. I always remember you as an encourager. And um, and I remember always keeping your card that says, I need <laughs> I need to have an encourager friend. So I'm I'm grateful for you. Thank you for the opportunity that you have been giving me. What an honor. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Awesome stuff. Thanks. Oh, what a great conversation I had with Rebecca today. I hope you had some takeaways that will help you step into your best future and possibilities. And I just want to share a paragraph or two from Rebecca's book, Own Your Brush with you to wrap it up. She says, I remember when I started my podcast, I didn't even want to tell my friends I had a podcast because I wasn't in the place that I wanted to be. I was tentative to move forward and allow myself to be seen imperfectly. I had to get over that. I'm inviting you to do the same. Brene Brown says this, and it's so true. Where perfectionism exists, shame is always lurking. When we avoid moving forward in boldness, when we avoid opening the business or starting the podcast, it's because there's an underlying fear of shame. We need to strangle that out. Don't give it any air to breathe. Go forward. This is your time. Give yourself permission to do your best and show off what you created. Don't drop the mic, drop the brush and say, it's not good enough. Give yourself grace and do it again and again and again. I've seen artists give up on their dreams because they aren't good enough. But I've also seen artists who didn't feel good enough, push through and became successful. We get to choose our steps forward. Have the courage to just show up. Allow your art to be seen. Regardless of what anyone else has ever said to you, you have to speak for yourself let it go, let it be. There are paintings you need to release. There are songs you need to sing. There are people you need to encourage and you have the voice to do it. Everyone is so deeply different. There's space for everyone. There's space for you. Again, with Brene Brown's encouragement, vulnerability is our greatest measure of courage. Courage is the birthplace for creativity and joy. Many people look to be qualified as something specific. They want to have a label of artist poet, songwriter, blogger, but maybe you don't need a job title. Just because there's not a title doesn't mean there's not an opportunity there. So I would say to you, get going, step out of your comfort zone and just begin. Thanks again for joining me. If you enjoyed Inspiration Mentors, it would help so much if you would leave a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover the show. If you have an idea for someone that would inspires you that I should talk to, reach out, email me, or you can DM me on Instagram at, at Kristen Fitch. Until next time, I hope you have a great and inspired day.